Hello, y'all, and welcome to SoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. My name is Tara Tucker, and I'm really glad that you're here with me today. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm here with you. I always love this time that we can spend together, you know, just kind of chatting and, and uh, learning about new people and new music. And uh, today, speaking of new music, I've got somebody very interesting on the line. And uh, he's, well, I'll talk, talk about him in just a second. First of all, I am going to apologize in advance for... <laughs> um, I have got this fun, you know, cold sick stuff that happens to be going around this winter. And uh, so I I think my voice is probably a little more pinched than normal. If you can't tell or if you haven't listened to the show before, that's okay. <laughs> we'll just go on. But I, I'm going to apologize for any like inhuman noises I might be making, you know, like the snarfling and coughing and, and sniffing. And there has been some sneezing. So <laughs> bear with me. I will try to cut out everything I can so you guys don't have to mess with that. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, this is just going to be completely enjoyable regardless, because the person that I have online with me today is uh, is somebody that I have actually interviewed before, not on soundingthelight.com. Uh, this was years ago when I had my uh, live internet radio show on Voice America that was called All Things Music. And, uh, and I got to interview him then, and he is such an enjoyable person. I decided to, you know, see if he could handle coming back, <laughs> handle the whole interview with Tara Tucker process. And, uh, and, and he's been very obliging, so I'm very excited to have Julian Bond with me today. And uh, he is a composer, a conductor, a, uh, an incredible pianist. Um, and general, you know, overall comedian. So, <laughs> which I also think, Julian, did you, uh, you were doing some magic stuff before too, weren't you? Yes. Yes, indeed. Good Are morning, you still Sharon. doing that? How are you doing? Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm still doing magic, actually. And, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, a little bit later. But yes, it's awesome. uh, I'm something I'm trying to blend with the music as well. Awesome. Yeah. See, so he's a really, really interesting person. And, um, so I'm very excited to have him on the show today. So, you know, officially, <laughs> now that now that you've like put in a little bit here, um, I'm just going to say, welcome to SoundingTheLight.com. Thank you. And, and I'm sorry to hear you're sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's sorry to hear you were too. So we're oh, both going to be snarfling together, right? Yeah, musicians can't afford to be sick. We can't call in sick. <laughs> right. we, we deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, speaking of, you know, what do you do when you have, like, say, a, a program coming up that you've got to do and you're dealing with this stuff? Uh, coffee. Uh-huh. That's pretty much it. <laughs> there, there isn't any way around it. You you just, um, I don't know, I think as musicians, and you know this like I do, uh -huh. I think you just have to go on regardless. I mean, uh, I, I've played shows and concerts when I've, I've had a fever or, mm. you know, a a sprained wrist or whatever, you just, you just, uh, you find a way through it. I think uh -huh. you become resilient to, uh -huh. to being sick. I don't do the honey. I just, uh, I sit around feeling sorry for myself oh. and drink some coffee oh. and just get on with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I actually have my, I usually have coffee when I'm doing these programs, but uh, today I have my hot chai tea um, with honey and nice. ginger. So yeah, I'm hoping to kind of cut a little bit of this down. So you are, uh, you're living in Florida right now, is that right? That is correct, yes. And you've been there for a while? Yes, I've been, uh, 
Well, I've been in the States since 1998. I, uh, I, I lived in Florida from 1998. Uh, I went to New York and lived there for a couple of years, around 2003, mm-hmm. um, and came back to Florida. Um, and now I'm here again, and uh, I can't see myself moving again anytime soon. Very cool. But I grew up in England, um, if, if, uh, if you can't tell. From yeah, my accent, yes, <laughs> I see, that's English. what I was kind of getting at. Uh, Listeners, he has an accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's cool. Well, and, and luckily, I haven't let lost the accent, which I'm, I'm grateful for, because uh, um, apparently people like the English accent. So I... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you go back to England, and then it's just like, oh, that's boring. <laughs> Here oh, yeah. it's like, whoa, you're really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, when I go back to England, I blend in. Nobody's impressed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, um, before we get too much into our uh, interview, I sure would like to play one of your pieces. And um, so that listeners kind of know who you are and what you do and, and, uh, you know, how the the talent that just, you know, exudes (laughs) from you. I am going to to play the one that's called Tapestry, um, which is not out yet, but it will be out. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yes. I, uh, I have a, a CD that I'm working on and should be out sometime in the spring. And it's, it's called Just Be Me. It, it's really about uh, things in my life that have inspired me to write music. And it's, it's been about three years in the, work, in, in the making um, just because I haven't really had the time to, to work on it full time. Um, and Tapestry kind of uh, celebrates all the different cultures uh, but in fact, you know, I, I work for uh, Walt Disney World, and one of the places I work is Epcot, and there are so many different cultures there. And That's so awesome, um, yes. I'm I'm somebody who loves uh, cultures that are different to mine. I think we we can learn a lot from other people and, yes. and, and other cultures. And I, I just I thought, wouldn't it be fun to write a big piece of celebratory music that that uses um, instruments and uh, motifs and sounds from all over the world? So that's what I did. And uh, the, the the piece together it's called tapestry because really it's just a a, a tapestry of uh, of different sounds and and samples. Uh, some of the sounds there are actually sampled from instruments around the world and performances around the world, and it's all just kind of blended together in a big fun potpourri of of joy. Yeah, I love it, and I also love um, where in the middle of it you have like bits and pieces of uh, people actually singing from from different cultures. Is that right? Yes, and they're just recordings taken from really just random people just singing um, in, in different dialects, uh, which I, I cannot translate, so I just hope they're not rude. But, uh, um, but they're, yeah, and, they, and, and you know, I did a little electronic manipulation to put them in the right key and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, you know, in, in some places I have, uh, you know, an Indian sitar going with uh, Scottish bagpipes and a Brazilian carnival uh, <laughs> Sound, you know, so it's just all—it's amazing how all these different sounds actually blend if you if yes. you do this right. Yes, that's beautiful. Okay, well, listeners, I hope you enjoy this once again. This is called Tapestry from the Just Be Me album that is coming out very soon by Julian Bond.
I love that piece. Um, I love the ride that that is. So tell me, we were just talking before we heard the song, that you were born in England. How did you get from England to, you know, working at Epcot Center in Orlando, Florida? Wow, what a journey. (laughs) Uh, Well, I was, uh, yeah, I was born in a little place called Plymouth uh, in the south of England and grew up in Winchester, which is, uh, again, right in the south. That's the the town with the famous Winchester Cathedral, which Mm. I used to visit uh, fairly frequently. And then I moved to London and did my studies in London. And um, I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited out to work on a cruise ship, which I did on and off for a couple of years. Did you play piano? I did, yes. I was a a pianist in the band, uh, you know, playing cabarets and playing uh, comedians on and off stage and shows and things like that. It was kind of a a fun life. It's not really a a career changer, but it's it's fun and the money's fairly good. So I was doing that for a while. And then I... uh, I met a girl on the cruise ship who um, we, we dated for a while and, uh, and ultimately ended up, I ended up coming to America and we got married. And um, so that's what got me over here. And, mm-hmm. and of course, when you land in Florida and you're a musician, the, the first place you head to really is it's probably Disney World because it's a, a, a huge wealth of entertainment and music and, yeah. and everyone wants to work at Disney. But when you're sitting in an apartment in London and it's raining, you dream of, of places like <laughs> Disney World. And so when you land and you're there, you, you don't hesitate. Is it different what from what you, you know, imagine when you're sitting in your rainy apartment? <laughs> or is it pretty much oh, like everything that you dreamed it should be? It, you know, the, the wonderful thing is it is everything I dreamed of. And, and I've, I've worked there now for about, um, gosh, 18 years, 17 wow. or 18 years. Yeah. And you would think that that initial Disney magic that you experience when uh-huh. you visit for the first time would, would, would erode. It hasn't for me. I still get excited when I see Mickey Mouse. I still love playing <laughs> music there. I love the old Disney way. Uh, it just, I still have the magic. And I'm still a kid at heart when I go to the park, which I love. So tell me, what's, what, what, what does a day at Disney look like for you? Well, I do so many different things. It's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint it down to one thing. Uh, sometimes I'll be... Uh, playing for a rehearsal of some kind for mm-hmm. a show, uh, or I might be playing uh, in a group. Um, I, I've I've played uh, some of the different groups out over at Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, last week I was playing the what's called the the Rose and Crown Pub in the UK Pavilion. They have a piano in there, and I play um, kind of traditional pub songs. And you know, I just watch <laughs> British tourists get slowly drunk, which is uh, which, which is a blast, and they all sing sure. along. And so you know, it's, it's a little different thing. And I've done some, I've done some conducting and some arranging and some recording and just uh, little things here and there. And uh, I have another project right now in the works, which is a, a workshop uh, that they run there for uh, school orchestras and bands, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm starting to get my feet wet in. And um, so it's it's just a it's just a big variety of fun, exciting things to do. Well, that's really cool. You're also outside of that. Um, I, I know that you were, before you were conducting, I believe, at a church. Are you still doing that? You know what? I'm not conducting there anymore. Um, I occasionally uh, used to, uh, at the church I used to go to, uh, I, I occasionally had the opportunity to conduct uh, their orchestra, which was a, quite a, a large, like maybe a 50-piece orchestra, and they had a 200, 250-piece choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at a different different church now where... Um, it's uh, it's really a, a a band with uh, with brass, you know, trumpets, saxophones, clarinets. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, it, it's it's so 
uh, wonderful to be able to do that, um, not just because I, I enjoy doing that. I, I enjoy my church life, but I also, uh, it's, it's very close to Disney and most of the musicians that play there are Disney professional musicians. Oh, so you got good and music. So this, oh, and these, these guys <laughs> absolutely just hit it out of the park every wow. single week. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a thrill musically and spiritually to be working with these guys. And they all know why they're doing it and they have great hearts and they have great, um, great love for Jesus. And, and, and so it's a, it's a, a wonderful, uh, experience How every every Sunday. It is. It is. It really is. So where did all this music stuff for you begin? Well, uh, I think I've always had music in my soul. I've always um, felt that I've liked music. And uh, the thing that really triggered it for me, and I think you'll like the story, and I'm, mm-hmm. I may have even mentioned it once before. I, I um, In England, we have these things called country fairs where they have uh, you know, these stalls where they sell homemade pies and their games, you can win prizes. And um, one of the things they used to do at the little village near me is um, they had a, a, a contest where they would raise money. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the contest involved this. They would have two old, unusable upright pianos sitting in the field. And behind the upright pianos, hanging from this kind of goalpost gallows kind of affair, uh, was uh, were, were two tractor tires and a net that was hung up behind the tires. And the idea of this competition was that the two strongest men in the village would come out with sledgehammers and they had to pass the entire contents of the piano through the tractor tires into the net. And the first person to get their entire piano into the net would win. And, of course, you know, it was a, well, when you're six years old, as I was, and I saw this, and watching these two brutes beating the snot out of these pianos, and, and, and if you've never heard a piano being demolished, it's not a nice sound. It really <laughs> I isn't. haven't, but I can, I can imagine, and I mean, that must be horrible. 80, it's horrible. 88 different, <laughs> different uh, pitches of agony. Besides watching a piano die. It's like watching the death of a piano in slow motion, and it's, it's miserable. And I was, I was really upset by this, and I told my mother, I didn't like that, I didn't like that. And from this conversation came the fact that I really would have liked to have played one of those pianos. Oh. And, and my mother said, well, would you like piano lessons? I said, I'd love to. Yes, please. I'd really love piano lessons. And uh, fast forward um, 38 years, I'm now playing with drunken British tourists in the Epcot Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. So how long did you actually take piano lessons? Because your piano playing is like ridiculously good. <laughs> well, thank you. I, um, I actually started when I was seven, uh, so that was uh, 40 years ago, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I actually took classical piano for about 10 plus years, mm-hmm. uh, and then I moved on to jazz, and, uh, and then carried on doing jazz there. I still play classical, but, and I enjoy both, but I think as a piano player, and you know this, you're always learning, you're always improving yeah. your technique, mm-hmm. whether it be jazz technique or classical technique or and you expose yourself to uh, master piano players mm-hmm. um, you listen to them and you go wow I wish I could do that that's pretty cool and uh, so I don't think you ever really stop learning you have a fugue that you have written that is called fugue for seven keyboards and an organ um, first of all will you let us know what a fugue is a fugue, yes. Uh, fugue really kind of originated in the Baroque era. It's a comp- 
compositional technique uh, that uses two or more different voices or instruments. Uh, it's built on a subject or what we call a theme mm -hmm. that is introduced at the beginning and then uh, it irritates itself a few measures later against itself, maybe starting at a different pitch. And then maybe a third voice will come in with that same subject, again, at starting at a different pitch. And eventually you build up this kind of uh, network of, of themes all running together. And um, Bach would probably take it up to about four different instances of the same theme against itself. Uh, my challenge was to write seven uh, wow. instances of this theme, write the theme and have it come in seven different times against itself, starting at different pitches. So it'd be kind of like a, like a round. Almost like a round. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, the row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. You know how people sing that. Well, yeah. imagine that going a much longer melody, starting at different pitches with each instance as it comes in. And this wow. had to, this had to run in major and minor keys. Uh, and each pitch as it came in needed to, uh, in the major key, needed to be a fifth higher. And then when it came in the minor keys, it needed to be a fifth lower and work itself <laughs> around what's called the cycle of fifths. So uh -huh. it needed to basically be able to be, uh, to work in pretty much every key. And yet be still listenable, right? And still listenable, absolutely. <laughs> it couldn't just be this, this mess of, of scenes and keyboards <laughs> all going for it. And then once it was, uh, once it was established, uh, the Fugue had to run with all seven keyboards alongside somebody else playing uh, the hymn, the chorus from the hymn, How Great Thou Art, wow. uh, which had to run at exactly two-thirds the tempo of the fugue. Wow. So this is kind of a, a math exercise. I was know, just going to say, for, for those of you guys that don't think that, you know, math has anything to do with life, there is your your proof right there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there with a compass and a slide rule oh just trying to figure out how this thing's right. going to work. <laughs> but I think it worked. I mean, I, I, it, it seemed It to, did. Yeah, I was kind of happy. It really did. And it wasn't something that I, I really wanted to be part of a CD that people necessarily listen to, but I... I just kind of did it because I suppose the same reason people climb Mount Everest because it's there. <laughs> so I've written a few. I can go do something else now. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. So as we listen to this, listeners, see if you can, you know, you'll hear the first part of the melody. See if you can pick out where the second and the third, you know, all the way up to the seventh one, um, you know, as all of these things are interchanging and running through together. And then once How Great Thou Art comes in, um, it's very, very distinct, but you still hear the fugue, all the little things that are running around beneath it and around it, um, going on while, while How Great Thou Art is going on. It's the coolest thing ever. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Once again, this is called Fugue for Seven Keyboards and an Organ by Julian Bond. Thank you. 
that completely amazing. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing that. That's that's really interesting. Um, so, as you're growing up with your music experiences and your piano lessons and all that, what kind of songs were you listening to? What are you? What music are you influenced by? Gosh, well, I, I'm. I try and draw some kind of influence from everything I hear. Um, I don't tend to listen to, you know, the top 40 uh, hits. I, mm-hmm. I don't tend to find they have a lot of substance uh, in them that I can learn from. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they're enjoyable as, as they are, but uh, I always like to try and listen to music that, that inspires me or, or causes me to question what's going on in the music. Mm-hmm. As I was growing up, I was very... Um, I, I, liked, I liked a lot of classical uh, I went through that jazz uh, phase in my life where mm-hmm. I was fascinated by jazz because I had no idea how it worked. I didn't even know that some of the musicians were actually improvising. I thought it was just <laughs> very technically, very technically written, and of course those illusions were shattered very quickly. Uh-huh. And uh, I, you know, in the eighties, uh, I suppose I, I listened to a lot of what's called prog rock, oh, which yeah. is people like, you know, yeah, Bill oh, yeah. Bruford and yes, and, the and all stuff. Yeah, and I loved that. And and then um, I guess now I, I try and expose myself to all kinds of music. I will say I, I'm I'm very um, attracted to the music of John Williams. Oh, I, I really yeah. love his writing. And, and most people know him for his film scores, which, of course, in themselves are, are, are brilliant. Yes, he did the music for Star Wars and a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Star Wars, E.T., Indiana Jones, and and uh, and he's still writing, you know. Yeah. He, he also has, though, a huge uh, repertoire of concertos and uh, other pieces that he's written that really? don't really make it to screen. Oh, yes, and they are just as fabulous. In fact, probably more so because they're not constrained by a, a motion picture that, that, that determines yeah. how he writes. They're just totally free, and they're fabulous pieces of music. I need to check those out. But, of course, I have to try and force myself not to just listen to nothing but John Williams, you know, because, um, but, you know, I, and I do listen to a lot of jazz players. Uh, I love, I love the, the French romantic composers like Debussy and Ravel. And, mm-hmm. and, and quite frankly, I also enjoy listening to my colleagues. I have um, many friends who are musicians here in town, uh, some piano players and, and some who play uh, other instruments. And, and sometimes it's just fascinating to watch really good musicians just do mm. what they do. Yes. Uh, it's, all, it's inspiring. And so uh, I'll try and draw inspiration from anything I can. That's Anything that's, that's excellent or, or well-performed uh, well or, or well-written is, is always a source for inspiration for me. You were talking earlier about, uh, you know, a lot of these musicians being at, at the church. Um, what kind of music, you know, when you guys are all together and playing stuff, what kind of music do you usually do at the church? Uh, we do a lot of, um, well, the contemporary uh, Christian music, mm-hmm. Chris Tomlin and um, people like that. We do a lot of Israel Houghton. We, we seem to um, cover quite a lot of his music, mm-hmm. and that's kind of fun. Um, and so it's uh, a, a kind of a, a variety. We also try and do some of the traditional hymns as well. We yeah. bring those in. Uh, we try and keep a, um, a, a wide palette of, uh, of musical uh, selections because, you know, everybody like something different and you, mm-hmm. to to a degree you have to kind of keep everybody happy mm-hmm. um but you know funnily enough as as musicians we'll we'll get there and we'll be warming up and doing sound checks and we will never sound check using a chris tomlin song we'll always be playing some um <laughs> oscar peterson or chick career or something just as a we'll just sit and jam because we don't get to play a lot during the week together uh-huh. we tend to go disperse and do our own gigs so it's fun to just 
just do that. Oh, I bet. Man, you get a lot of good people together, and it's just, I'm sure, just amazingness happens. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's this very strange thing that seems to happen. You put a, a lot of good musicians in a room with their instruments, and music will just start. Uh, and sometimes it'll just be one person will play something, and somebody else will go, oh, that sounds like a rhythm. I'm going to play along with that. And next thing you know, we're, you're jamming, and I think it's a, it's a language that uh-huh. uh, musicians because they share it, they enjoy the conversation of that language. And so that's what we seem to do a lot until it's like they tell us to shut up. It's time to sound check. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of, you know, church and all that, when did, when did Jesus become a part, a big part of your life? Well, I used to go to church with my family when I was younger. Uh, my parents took me and I didn't really, understand it was like going to school for me mm-hmm. um so there was no real faith there as a child it was a tradition mm-hmm. uh, and it seems to be a lot in england going to church when i was growing up was more of a tradition than necessarily uh, a yearning or a faith uh, although that's not entirely exclusive uh, but mm-hmm. when i was a teenager I remember some friends of mine who used to go to a local church invited me to a i think it was a roller skating and pizza evening and you know they they had me at roller skating and pizza, so I, I went I went along and and I discovered this church that they went to was was fairly charismatic and it was just nice and then everybody uh, everybody loved Jesus but everybody loved each other and I was just really taken by that and um, you know Jesus was obviously working on my heart uh, at that point and uh, um, something changed in me and I I decided I wanted to go to this church regularly and I slowly developed a relationship with Jesus and I started reading the Bible a lot more and understanding what my faith was about and what Jesus was about, uh, not just in terms of a historical character, but in terms of a living relationship that I could actually have at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I went through my life, um, and I guess, you know, I went to college in London and when, when you kind of go off to college and music becomes your life, it's easy to fall away. And, and I mm-hmm. don't know if I actually ever fell away, but I stopped going to church certainly. And I'm not sure I ever prayed, um, you know, unless a bus was coming at me or something. I, I, I don't really think, I, I didn't really have a prayer life. Uh, and so uh, in my mid-twenties, I kind of had this, this moment of, uh, of conviction where I just, I realized that I had, uh, I had not been so spiritually um, in touch, if you like, that I should have been. And I, and I re-examined my life there and I uh, rededicated my life to Jesus there. And, uh, and so that, and that continued and that sustained, which... Um, sustains to this day. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love to hear people's stories about when, when it became really real to them. Um, you know, because in a, in a place where, you know, like you were just talking about growing up in church and that's just the thing to do. And, uh, you know, then it seems like there, there always seems to be this time where something kind of clicks into place and it starts meaning something. And, uh, that's, that's really cool. I love hearing that. Yeah, I think you, uh, as you get older, you start to, you start to become more aware of the world around you, and so it's easy, or easier, if you like, to put Jesus in a framework, a perspective of uh, what he can be to you, or what mm-hmm. he is to you in in this world of what really is kind of chaos, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when you're when you're six years old, it's hard to understand how Jesus is different from anybody else you'll meet. Hmm. You, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, yes. it's, uh, you, you need to have life experiences and a world framework to really understand 
um, have the power of Jesus and what he can be for your life. Wow, that's such a great point. But, mm, that as the world becomes more and more, yeah, more and more confusing and more and more gray and lines get... Yeah, Jesus becomes this this constant. Yeah. Everything else revolves around in its, in its own uh, unpredictability. Mm, I love that. Well, I would like to share another one of your songs with listeners. Um, this one is called Simply Complicated, <laughs> which I love the title already because it's, you know, a little bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek there. This one is also from the Just Be Me album that is going to be coming out very soon. Can you talk about this one and uh, you know, your inspiration for this one as well as the recording process? Oh, yes. Well, Simply Complicated was... Uh inspired or at least suggested by a friend of mine. The whole album, Just Be Me, uh, is, is really about personal life experiences, people around me, things around me, things that have inspired me to write music. And uh, I had a friend who one day just kind of off the cuff just said, hey, write a song for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, what's it going to be about? Give me a title. And they <laughs> said, um, simply complicated. So, oh, great. Well, now, see, most of the tracks on this CD are... Um, personal, um, some of them are, are, are fairly uh, sentimental, some of them are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was really just a, a fun piece to write. Um, no real relation or, or reference to anything specific in my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought it would be fun to write just a, a simple melody, the most complicated way that it was possible <laughs> to write. And, uh, and I did, and the, and the piece is... Uh, it's in 7-8 time. Nice. Uh, actually, it's a mixture of 7-8 and 6-8. It kind of goes back and forth because it would have to be. It's going to be complicated. <laughs> right. And, um, and, it, and it's really just, it's a very simple tune, a melody with, with uh, chords and a bass line, but none of them start on the downbeat, on beat one of any measure. Huh. They're all, yeah, the melody starts a couple of beats before the downbeat. The bass comes in just after the downbeat. And so... <laughs> You know, it was fun to write. It was fun to just be complicated as, as possible. And then I kind of went, oh, I've got to record this now. So I had to, pra- <laughs> to practice it before I recorded it, um, which I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. But, yeah, simply complicated. And, and the track that you're hearing uh, right now, you're about to hear, is, is work in progress. Okay. Um, it's just an A section uh, with a piano solo in the middle and then another A section at the end. It's really just a demo to see if I can actually make this um, crazy bunch of notes <laughs> actually sound like something listenable. So there's going to be another section in the middle, but uh, this kind of gives you an idea of just, I guess, where my mind's going with this track. And eventually on the on the CD, hopefully you'll hear the, the full thing. Awesome. And it's got this nice sort of jazz feel to it too, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, I don't, I don't know if I could describe it as a, as, as, it's not really Latin because it's in seven, eight time, but it, it has, um, all kinds of uh, percussion instruments just kind of going for it. So I'm not entirely sure what style I would call it. It's a big mess. <laughs> it's a simply complicated mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so once again, this is Simply Complicated by Julian Bond.
Okay, so once again, that was Simply Complicated by Julian Bond. I hope y'all enjoyed that. I certainly did. Um, so, Julian, uh, what are you doing when you are not doing music? I mean, what's your hobbies? Do you have any, you know, things that you just do to relax? Actually, I do. I, I really enjoy magic and uh, illusion. I actually... Uh, I am a professional magician, and oh, I have awesome. uh, performed magic and designed magic, uh, an illusion, sleight of hand. Uh, I've been doing it since I was about 11. Really? And in fact, I, yeah, I actually have a show that I've just been putting together, which I really want to try and uh, get out there and start expanding on, called Julian Bond Music and Magic, and it's where I actually blend music and magic. So I enjoy um, I, I enjoy sitting over the deck of cards or researching magic or watching magicians. Um, that's, that kind of goes as a sideline to my music. Awesome. But up until now, I've never never really blended the two because it, it's it's hard. It, it, well, it, it's a different circle of friends in a different uh-huh. circle of uh, of um, clients and, and what have you. So uh, I think it's about time to try and blend the two and see if I can make a a, a career out of doing both. So are these uh, are these shows that you have? I mean, do you actually go and perform these, or or is it just sort of in the yeah. you know building stage right now? Absolutely. No, I've done several shows and uh, up until now it's really been uh, a magic show or it's been a music show. Uh-huh. And uh, again, as I say, I'm trying to blend the two. But, they're, they're, you know, I do I do uh, stage illusions. I've, I've built my own props and cabinets and boxes and uh-huh. uh, smoke and lights and things. And then I do I do close-up where I'll get together, we're at a small table with a pack of cards yeah. and, and, and wow an audience. But I've done some designs um, for clients and... Um, I had a, a, an illusion recently that I designed. Uh, actually, one I had performed on America's Got Talent. Funnily enough, a, a gentleman no bought. Way. Uh, this, yeah, just bought this illusion from me and, and performed it on there, and I believe he did very well. That is awesome. And then awesome. I had the uh, yeah, they, the uh, it was the uh, the Magic Circle of the Philippines also bought uh, and the plans to an illusion from me that I designed and performed, and and they performed it as one of their closing numbers. Oh my uh, gosh, one that of their is so cool. It is very cool, yeah. Uh, it's it's something I've enjoyed. But, I mean, it's not. I wouldn't describe myself uh, as a magician, but more than a musician, or equal to a musician because uh-huh. music is who I am. It's what <laughs> I do. But mu- uh, but magic has been something I've done and practiced and performed most of my life. So it's right up there, certainly. So, do you have a favorite act? A favorite magic act? Yeah. Oh, I, well, of course, I'm a huge fan of David Copperfield. I mean, I always have been. I've, I've studied his uh, his work. I think uh, one of the reasons I like him so much is not only is he a fabulous magician, but he's really a, an artist. He was uh-huh. much inspired by people like uh, uh, Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire, and the, and the <laughs> silent movies and the romantic movies. And so he incorporates, uh, beautifully incorporates music into his act. And uh-huh. so he's kind of an all-round artist. Um, so I'm really, I'm, I'm thrilled by watching performances that he, he does for those reasons too. Um, and of course I love Penn and Teller. I just, <laughs> I just love their, their, their bold, uh, approach to to magic. I, I like their, their style. Um, That's so awesome. But you know, I, I, I think really, unless you get to that kind of level, mm-hmm. I think magic can be a very lonely life mm-hmm. because you're keeping secrets from people. Interesting. I never I thought of it that way. I don't do that so well. I, I don't. I don't do that so well. I don't have a. I don't have a poker face. So I. So I. Uh, yeah. But um, it's 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 certainly something I enjoy doing. And and you know when I was a kid and I saw 
uh, a guy make a coin disappear in his hand, and I went, wow. <laughs> and I thought, wow, would, wouldn't it be great one day to be able to make somebody else go, wow. Hmm. So, you know, I get a thrill from that. That's that's very interesting that uh, that you brought up about the, you know, the life of a magician being a lonely life because of the secrets. And uh, and yet on your other side, you are, you know, you have the life of a musician, which can't help but include every, you know, other people, like either people are playing your stuff, or you're playing with other people, or you're, you know, people are listening to your stuff, and you're inviting an audience in. It's, it's very interesting. Absolutely. And I, when someone listens to my music that I've either written or arranged, uh, I, I like them to be able to listen to everything that's going on. I like them to analyze it. Mm-hmm. I like them to just enjoy it for what it is. But um, I, it, it gives me a huge thrill to discuss it. And they go, oh, wow, what did you, what chord did you use there? Or how did you get that orchestral effect or, or something? And so discussing it and discussing the, the thinking behind it is a huge thrill. Mm-hmm. But when I do a, a trick for somebody and I uh, <laughs> make something disappear and reappear, there's no discussion. Yes. You know, it's, well, you don't want them you to figure it out then. <laughs> no, exactly. And so, and part of me wants to, wants to tell them this is how it's done because that's <laughs> the method behind it is, is usually uh-huh. just as fascinating. Uh-huh. But you, you, you don't, of course. And so it's a, it's a strange world, but it's, Interesting. Um, it, it brings me joy. But then it'd be like the, you know, like if, if they actually did real never-ending batteries <laughs> and people wouldn't need to buy them anymore. <laughs> and exactly. Like, if people really understood how magic worked, then all the fun would be taken out of it and people wouldn't need to go, you know, see it anymore. I think so. it, I, exactly. And I think, I think people like to suspend their belief. Yeah. And I think it's the reason people go to Disney World. It's one of the yes. reasons people go to Disney World. You know, we're back to that again. I think when people see Mickey Mouse, they, <laughs> they love to see this character that, w- that is an animated character has now come to life in front mm-hmm. of them and is interacting with them. Or they go on a ride, which takes them to a journey that may be to the prehistoric era or takes them out into space or takes them <laughs> into some kind of fantasy world. They know they're in a building on a track, yeah. but they want to believe, at least for that time, that they're going into some other dimension or some other reality. And I think we all like to suspend our belief for a while and enjoy that fantasy. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same with magic. Just one more reason I love Disney World, I guess. So interesting. I love that. Um, I, I would like to share one more song. It's um, not exactly a song. It's, uh, what, what would you call it? It's the one called Brady Log. Can you, um, oh, can you explain what is going on in this one? This is so interesting. Well, I'm, I'm going to thrill you pick this one. And I, I sent it in trepidation because I wasn't <laughs> sure if it would fit your program. <laughs> but, you know, I, I happen to like the Brady Bunch. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's just—it's a very relaxing program for me, and I, I really enjoy. It. But actually, I was watching an episode um, several years ago. I wrote this piece, and I, and I realized that the the young child actors—they had such a rhythm and uh, melody to their voices when they were acting. And I was listening to it and going, you know, that's that. Those are melodies they're making with their voices, and so I thought it would be kind of fun to take. <laughs> a scene, one scene, and I took a, a, minute, a scene that's a minute and a half and play the scene through as is, straight mm-hmm. from the recording from the television, and then play it again, but actually have a, a band accompany all these different melodies. And uh, <laughs> so that's what I did. And it's, it's not really any kind of particular time or key, but it's very musical. And when, with the band accompaniment underneath, you start to realize that there is a, a certain musical direction to to their performances so this is actually you know for for listeners sake here this is actually not you just 
putting an accompanying, you know, uh, you know, music underneath what they're saying. You are actually putting musical notes to the the tenor of their voices. Like as their voices right. rise and fall, you are putting music and notes to what what their voices are doing, which is just that's incredible. right. Yeah, I, li- I listened to the to each sentence in turn and figured out what notes they were hitting. <laughs> and then to look at that musical line and figure out maybe what kind of harmonies would go underneath that. Uh, and then created the piece. And the actual piece itself, the first minute and a half is just taken straight from the, from the television. So it's not necessarily that interesting as a, as a composition. But then the second minute and a half is the same scene again with the band underneath. I love that there's, there's um, specific places where you <laughs> you suddenly bring in this like little you know sort of swing drum percussion kind of stuff and it's it's only in dotted places it's not throughout the whole thing so <laughs> what made you put it in at those places and it cracks me up i don't know i just noticed when i was analyzing their uh their their speech that occasionally they would get into a rhythm and, and of course that's part of acting you know there are, uh-huh. there are things called beats and pulses and and certain pacing in, in dialogue and uh some of these some of these sentences that they were saying actually had a natural rhythm and a natural beat. And so I thought, well, that's where the beat's going to come in. It's usually only for about three or four beats, and then it stops. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, um, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's all driven by them. Okay, so once again, this one is called Brady Log. Uh, from the mind, <laughs> the inner workings of the mind of Julian Bond, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, I've called this unusually late evening meeting to issue a medical bulletin. The doctor says that Alice's ankle is only sprained. But it's a bad sprain, and she's going to have to stay off it for a while, and that's going to be very hard on Alice. We're sorry we left our Chinese checkers on the dining room floor. Yes, you violated a strict family rule about leaving your toys spread all over for people to trip over. I don't think we should all be blamed. At least we should all go tell Alice we're sorry. Alice is resting. But what you can tell me is... Who is going to do the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and all the other housework around here while Alice is grounded and your mother's gone? Huh? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. While Alice is grounded, you all are going to assume the job of running this house. And that's starting tomorrow and right after school. But, Dad, our team has workouts all this week so we can stay in shape for the next game. I'll guarantee your coach you'll stay in shape. I got my music lessons. You could hum a lot while you work. No dance class? That's right, no dance class. Dad, would you believe I was going to spend every afternoon this week studying in the library? Oh, that's a good try, Peter. And I would like to believe it, but it would boggle my mind. Anybody else? I give up. Me too. Good. Now that we understand each other, hit the sack. Starting with breakfast tomorrow, we get to work. Okay, I've called this unusually late evening meeting to issue a medical book. The doctor says Alice's ankle is only sprained. But it's a bad sprain. She's going to have to stay off for a while, and that's going to be really hard on Alice. We're sorry we left our Chinese checkers on the dining room floor. Yes, you violated a strict family rule about leaving your toys spread all over for people to trip over. Oh, I don't think we should all be blamed. At least we should all go tell Alice we're sorry. Alice is resting. But what you can tell me is, who's going to do the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and all the other housework around here while Alice is grounded and your mother's gone? 
grounded. You all are going to assume the job of running this house. And that's starting tomorrow and right after school. But Dad, our team has workouts all this week so we can stay in shape for the next game. I'll guarantee your coach you will stay in shape. What about my music lessons? You can talk about while you work. No dance class? That's right, no dance class. Dad, would you believe I was going to spend every afternoon this week studying in the library? Try, Peter, and I would like to believe it, but it would boggle my mind. Anybody else? I give up. Me too. Good. Now that we understand each other, hit the sack. Starting with breakfast tomorrow, we get to work. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that last piece because... <laughs> just I can't that blows my mind that someone can even you know sit there and and hear musical notes out of people's voices I love that um well in the last couple of minutes here Julian um I would love to hear uh you know I I kind of introduced you as um sort of an all-around comedian and you know even though like we we haven't gotten to like get any I mean not much of the whole comedian thing here the reason why I say that is because I'm (laughs) I'm friends with Julian Bond on on Facebook, and uh, he comes ev- almost, I guess it's probably once every few days or maybe once a week. He'll come up and just uh, these these statuses are hilarious. In fact, the one that made me just laugh so hard the other day was the one about <laughs> putting the squirrels up in the... <laughs> Up in the um, what are those things called? The you know at the banks when you drive through. Oh yeah, the little the little pneumatic suction tubes yes. they have at the, the bank of a drive through. Yeah, so that you can you know put your checks or whatever, and it and it gets sucked up and goes into into the teller's office, and you know, and then she sends something back. While Julian said something about putting squirrel, how many squirrels can you get into one of those things before they before they turn off the power or something. And all I can do is just get this idea of all of these squirrels just like attacking, um, you know, tellers and there being general chaos. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I mean, life is life is hilarious, yeah. and I guarantee I'm not the first person to wonder how many squirrels you could stick in <laughs> one of those cubes uh, or, or any other kind of rodent. Uh-huh. But and, and actually, in 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 all practicality, it doesn't work because after the first squirrel, the little plexiglass shield comes down. <laughs> Which I believe is just—it's just right. deliberately designed to prevent <laughs> so the squirrels. So people can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an anti-squirrel, anti-squirrel barrier. Um, but you know, I, I think most people laugh at that and don't post it. I, I laugh at something and then we'll post it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Just share it out. I, I, I think life is is full of humor, and I think humor is a humor for me is also a defense mechanism too, mm. to a certain degree. Um, I mean, it, it just—I uh, I love to find the humor in life, and uh, it comforts me. And it, makes me happy and so I, I share it with the world and then I, I, I lose friends <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah maybe or maybe not <laughs> maybe you make a lot maybe of people not. laugh hopefully not <laughs> hopefully not I haven't I don't think I've I don't think I've offended anybody yet on Facebook <laughs> I don't think I've ever offended you, which is no, okay. I, no, not, well, not scroll yet. Through, scroll through my timeline. It's probably in there somewhere. Well, yeah, whenever it's quiet, though, I, there there are times when I can tell, like, Julian's not Facebooking very often. And it's really sad because I don't get my, you know, <laughs> my little laugh every now and then. <laughs> and then it pops up again. I, I go, oh, good. There's Julian. <laughs> yeah, I go, through, I go through periods where I have to do a, a commission, like an orchestration or something, uh-huh. and I have a, a, a deadline. And you can tell when deadlines are looming because you won't see me on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, I, gotcha. start taking seri- I start taking things seriously, you know. It's, oh. uh, well, deadlines, that's deadlines for me are like <laughs> deadlines for me are like the thinking of the Titanic. You know, in the early stages, everybody's 
they're doing things at a reasonable pace and everybody's orderly. And in the last last few minutes oh, leading up to yes. the, the deadline, it's every man for himself and there's chaos. Oh, and yes, the absolutely. Deadline. But I find yeah, in the chaos, but, but, that's when a lot of times that's when I get my best work done because it's like it's coming up and i got to get it done now. <laughs> there is no well, option. I, I, I think you and I are kind of similar in that, in that regard. I think if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would ever get done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of funny things, um, do you have anything that, you know, stands out in your mind as like the funniest thing that has happened to you, you know, during any of your musical career? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I mean, a lot of funny things uh, do happen just because I, I think the world of music is a funny place. I'm, I'm thinking of one particular thing that happened, and this is just the one off the top of my head. I was playing for a choir rehearsal. Uh-huh. It was at a church that I, I used to attend, and it had a large choir, 250 people. Wow. And um, wow. The, the choir director would stand in front of them, and in fact, the piano would be behind him, and it would kind of face the choir. And uh, we, we came to a particularly uh, fortissimo part of the uh, piece that we were doing. Which is very and I, I gave a good very loud. I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. And, and it did a great big, a uh, great big downbeat with all five, all ten fingers, and, and one of the piano wires finally decided to snap, oh. and it actually snapped, and it shot out of the end of the piano, and it struck the director on the behind no. so hard he leapt off the podium. And it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it was like a whip, and oh, you could so you awesome. could hear the shriek. Yeah, you could hear the shriek and everything. But actually, following that, we realized, in fact, that if he hadn't been standing there, it would have actually gone off into the alto section and hit one of them in the face oh or something. So, so the moment of little moment of sobriety after that, where we realized that, thank goodness, he was standing there. But, oh, but, wow. Yeah. So did he have a welt for a while? I, I didn't look. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> I'm, sure it, I, I'm sure it hurt, you know. I'm sure it kind of gave him, a, gave him a memory for a little while. Oh, man, that, and everybody else, too. <laughs> That's funny. Well, wow, I, I hate coming to the end of this, but we have come to the oh. end. And No! <laughs> but I know that you have a bunch of things that you've got to do <laughs> with, your, with your crazy schedule there, and I don't want to mess that up, so... I just want to say, you know, thank you so much um, for being on the program again. I just, uh, thanks for visiting us, taking time to talk with us on Sounding the Light. It's been great. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I've had, always had a lot of fun chatting with you, and, and uh, I'm just glad that your, your listeners don't ever get to hear the outtakes, because that would <laughs> destroy both our careers, I'm sure. Oh, there will, there will be. Sometime down the line, there w- this will make outtakes, because there's... <laughs> You can't not have that <laughs> stuff on at some point. Um, no, well, yeah, you but... My, you can pay them at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll be really... That'll make everybody laugh. Um, well, yeah, also, I, you know, just for listeners' sake, you've got so much more stuff out there than what we've been able to share today. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, people are interested in listening to more of your stuff and checking out more about, you know, what you do, where can they find that? Well, I have uh, I have a couple of CDs on iTunes and Amazon. But I think the best way would probably be go, to go to my website, which is um, musicbyjulianbond.com. Musicbyjulianbond.com, and that will have links to all the different places that you can find the music that I've done. Uh, so, listeners, I I do have a link here right next to the podcast. Uh, if you want to click on that link right there it will take you straight to where you can find more stuff out about julian and uh 
I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this chat and, you know, learning <laughs> a little bit about the inner workings of of uh, Julian Bond's brain, where music is concerned. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. So, uh, Ther- Therapy is available. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope you all have a great day and a great week. Um, find something to smile or laugh about through the day, throughout the week. And uh, I'll see you back here next week on SoundingTheLight.com. Cheers. Cheers.